All right, thank you, Scott Shannon, and thanks to all of you for being with us. It's Friday. It's the Sean Hannity Show. Toll free. Our number is 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. This is just breaking as we come on the air here today, uh, and that is that Alec Baldwin has been indicted on charges of involuntary manslaughter. Prosecutors uh, seeking to hold the actor accountable for the on-set uh, death of cinematographer Haley Hutchins, uh, 65. He was initially charged in the case back, if you remember, in January 23, but those charges were dropped three months later. And after Baldwin's defense team raised questions about whether the Colt 45 was functioning properly when it, in fact, was fired. Um, anyway, Hutchins was preparing to film a scene with Baldwin at a ranch in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and the gun went off. We know what happened. He maintained he did not pull the trigger. Well, as a gun owner, I can tell you triggers don't pull themselves. Anyway, if convicted, he does face 18 months in prison. Uh, Baldwin's attorney saying, we'll look forward to our day in court. They sent the gun apparently for further forensic testing last summer. The experts reconstructed the gun, which had been broken during FBI testing, and concluded it could only have been fired by the pull of the trigger. That might be a little problematic that it was taken apart. Just saying, giving you my objective opinion. Uh, we have some Fannie Willis news that's getting it's getting pretty interesting uh, in Fulton County, Georgia, uh, because the Fulton County DA, this is, you know, like the New York attorney general, just love to go after Donald Trump campaign on it. Anyway, hires this outside counsel uh, who apparently turns into a boyfriend and they apparently she's paying this guy six hundred and fifty four thousand uh, dollars. They're both going to the White House to meet with God knows who and talk about God knows what uh, related to probably all things Donald Trump. Uh, but maybe that's where they did the plotting and planning and and framing of these RICO charges, which is, to me, just an obscene char a charge. Uh, but Willis's case against Trump is now turned into a full-blown soap opera. Willis now demanding that a Georgia judge issue a protective order against her boy boyfriend's jilted wife. Uh, you know, I guess get ready for the first episode of All the President's Men kind of meeting the real housewives of Fulton County, Georgia. Anyway, in promise of further chaos in a case that appears to be going off the rails, the New York Sun reports Willis is now accusing the estranged wife of the special prosecutor she hired and with whom she is accused of having an affair of that she's interfering in her prosecution of President Trump. That accusation comes in an emergency motion for a protective order in Superior Court of Cobb County that attempts to quash a subpoena for her testimony in a special prosecutor, Nathan Wade's divorce proceedings from his wife of 26 years. Now Willis is uh, accusing uh, this guy's wife of working in concert with one of Mr. Trump's co-defendants. And Willis is arguing that on January 8th, three things happened contemporaneously. Mrs. Wade issued her subpoena. Mr. Roman petitioned for divorce proceedings to be unsealed. And Mr. Roman filed for Ms. Willis to be disqualified. Ms. Willis alleges that all this suggests coordination between Mrs. Willis and Mr. Roman to undermine Mrs. Willis as she prepares for one of the most anticipated trials in American history. Mrs. Willis does not deny or admit that she and Mr. Wade conducted this affair 
Instead, she reasons that because the parties agree the marriage is irretrievably broken and the concept of fault is not an issue, there's no information that she could provide that might prove relevant to granting or denying the divorce. Uh, she calls her role in the split irrelevant. Well, not irrelevant, Ms. Willis is telling. You know, is Mrs. Wade's own behavior, which the prosecutor is alleging included an adulterous relationship, longtime friend. The question here is whether or not Willis benefited financially by giving favored treatment to uh, a lawyer who's, who's really in secret her boyfriend to take elaborate and expensive vacations. Anyway, so she seeks to attempt to, you know, quash this subpoena related to the misconduct. So we'll watch that case, too. Uh, as we get started here on this Friday. Um, all right, so we're looking to New Hampshire. New Hampshire is on, on Tuesday. We will be broadcasting Monday and Tuesday from the uh, Live Free or Die state. And uh, there's been recent polls, uh, post-Iowa uh, polls, uh, after Donald Trump's victory in Iowa, decisive lead, historic win. You know, I was watching some people actually say, oh, it's no big deal that Donald Trump won by 30 points. Uh, after all, he's the incumbent. I'm like, no, he's not the incumbent. No, this is a real primary. Yes, he's going up. Well, he was going up against some really non-candidates. I didn't think the North Dakota governor was particularly strong. I didn't. Chris Christie was a joke. He had an agenda to just bash Trump and I guess prepare for his next paid gig as a as an anchor on either fake news CNN or MSDNC. But Whatever. He's allowed to do whatever he wants, but he was never a serious candidate. But certainly Governor DeSantis always has been. And, and certainly so has Nikki Haley. Uh, but anyway, so in uh, these polls, Trump has now increased his lead over Nikki Haley in the New Hampshire in New Hampshire. Four days to uh, three days left now until the I'm sorry, four days left until the state's first in the nation primary. According to the results of the latest Suffolk University Boston Globe tracking poll, uh, anyway, those survey results uh, released this morning of Trump at 52 percent. It should be noted that they call Trump at 51 uh, at 52 percent in Iowa. And in fact, he got 51 percent. So they were very accurate in Iowa. Take that for what it is. Anyway, that's two percentage points higher than he had when he polled the first two days of the poll Haley, meanwhile, dropped uh, a percentage point, landing at 35. Uh, Governor DeSantis, who I don't really think is going to be competing in New Hampshire, is a distant third at six points. Uh, my guess is he's probably going straight to South Carolina, where, you know, for a lot of candidates, South Carolina becomes do or die. Now, win, lose, or draw, uh, South Carolina, that primary is going to be very important to Nikki Haley because that is her home state. And recent polls on real, real clear politics, the average there is had Trump up by about 30. Uh, later today, uh, Senator Tim Scott will join a, the other senator in the state and the governor in the state, McMaster, the other senator being Lindsey Graham, all supporting Donald Trump. Um, and Trump has a very strong lead there. After New Hampshire, you know, then looking ahead to Super Tuesday, if uh, candidates don't get out of the race. And I, I, by the way, I'm never in the business of telling people what to do. Uh, it's going to be much better if so, such and such and so and so get out of the race. You know what? Let them decide. We're a free country. And if they think they have a path to victory, they have every right to be out there campaigning, making their case to the public 
uh, for, you know, until it becomes mathematically impossible, I guess, conceivably. But, if well, you know, for me, if I was running, if I thought that my odds, you know, that it wasn't my year, it wasn't going to happen, and I, I just wouldn't delude myself into thinking something's going to happen that's not going to happen. Uh, but if you look at the Suffolk poll, it is 5235. Uh, that would be uh, Donald Trump versus Nikki Haley. St. Anselm came out yesterday, 5238, Donald Trump. Suffolk, USA, 5034. Uh, then you have Emerson, 4428. Uh, the other two polls, there was one outlier poll. And by the way, it's not even used by Real Clear Politics because of their methodology. They don't, they don't give it any credibility. And that was the only poll that had this at any point ever being even remotely close, and that's ARG. So anyway, so take the polls for what they are. The St. Anselm uh, polls showed that if the New Hampshire Republican primary were limited, remember it's an open primary system there, Secretary of State's office has already acknowledged over 4,000 Democrats have switched to either independent or Republican just so they can vote in this primary. It's believed that, you know, Nikki Haley is trying to appeal to many of them. Now, the problem is uh, these are people that just hate Donald Trump and they might use the system. And I don't like the system for this reason, because, you know, people are can be disruptive and they're invited to be disruptive in a way, because I think it's a silly law if you are. Uh, a Democrat, you shouldn't be allowed to switch your party affiliation just for the sake of voting in a Republican primary, uh, hoping that, well, maybe you can keep the primary going longer and that helps your Democratic candidate. I don't like that in the end at all either. Uh, but anyway, the St. Anselm College polls show among Republican voters in New Hampshire, if it's just if it was just a, a Republican primary, Donald Trump would win by a whopping 40 point margin, which means that would be bigger than Iowa which would mean that if New Hampshire Republican, if the primary in New Hampshire were just Republicans limited to Republican voters, uh, that the Trump landslide would be that much bigger than Iowa. And this new poll from St. Anselm spelled it out in, in very clear language that Trump led uh, Nikki Haley 65-25 among likely Republican voters in the state. That's a 40-point margin. Meanwhile, Haley edged Trump among unaffiliated non-Republican voters by a much more narrow margin of 52-37. Among all voters, Trump still had a substantial advantage, 52-38. That's a 14-point margin compared to his 40-point landslide if it was just Republicans voting there. Uh, look, that system is what it is. I don't like that system. Um, in reality, uh, you know, it's very hard to say. It's, it's once you get to South Carolina and Super Tuesday is when you really know, unless everybody just drops out of the race, which could happen. Right now, Real Clear Politics has Donald Trump up by 30 in South Carolina. Uh, Emerson, in their latest poll, it was Trump 29, plus 29. Trafalgar, that's Robert Cahaley, Trump plus 36. Winthrop had Trump plus 35. CNN, Trump plus 31. Uh, you know, th those are those are pretty significant margins. And it's not like Nikki Haley needs to introduce herself to the people of South Carolina. That is that's not good news if you're in the Haley camp. Uh, now, for Governor DeSantis, I think, you know, the path if he decides not to compete in New Hampshire, I'm not 
I think he is going. He's going to try a little bit, but I think most of his attention is seemingly now being focused on South Carolina. That's what I see. But you know, we'll, we'll you know our next interview with him, we'll we'll find out for sure. Uh, the latest Boston Globe poll, another one there uh, released uh, this morning, Trump fifty-two. That's you know two percentage points higher than he had polled in the first two days of the poll, and and. Nikki Haley at 35 there. So, again, if you're looking at polls and, you know, polls are only a snapshot, but this this is a race that's only four days away. Um, anyway, 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. We've got a lot to get to. Poor Joe Biden says that he saw a congresswoman and took a picture with her at a campaign event yesterday, and the woman was not even there. Uh <laughs> He gave a pretty jaw-dropping answer when asked if his airstrikes against the the Houthi rebels in Yemen are working. He was asked when, you know, a reporter on the South Lawn, are your airstrikes working in Yemen? When you say working, are they stopping the Houthis? No. Are they going to continue? Yes. Are the airstrikes in Yemen working? Well, when you say working, are they stopping the Houthis? No. Are they going to continue? Yes. Whoopsie daisy. And then he confuses this woman with a Democratic congresswoman not in attendance. Oh, and then he actually admitted, oh, I got mixed up. That's like a, a day at the beach. By the way, I think Joe Biden has like been seen in public like five out of the last 20 some odd days. It really is unbelievable. We do have no, more anecdotal. There's beyond the U-Haul index, which came out that shows people just fleeing these deep blue states like California, New Jersey, New York, Michigan, Illinois, and Massachusetts. A study by United Van Lines found those eight states, New Jersey, Illinois, New York, Michigan, California, Massachusetts, again, you know, the, the, the top states people are leaving, and they're leaving in droves. My, my advice is fine, but don't bring your stupid politics with you. Don't ruin the next state that you're going to by electing people that probably factored into you leaving the state you were in. You know, I've been talking for months now about the Knox entry system and how it helps law enforcement gain access that they need to schools during hostile events when seconds matter. In fact, more than 200 municipalities now currently trust the Knox entry system to provide a secure and efficient means to get access when and where it's needed. Now businesses and airports and Specific industrial applications have joined the schools and law enforcement and fire departments in using Knox Entry to manage first responder access and or authorize service activity to better protect and monitor their critical assets. Now, Knox Entry allows you to develop a customized strategy complete with an audit trail and rapid flexibility. If your company has important assets that you want uh, to better protect, we'll contact Knox today for more information. Just go to knox.com. That's knox.com.